When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Hey, it's Kyle Meredith from the Kyle Meredith With Podcast. After 15 years of reporting on your favorite pop culture, Consequence of Sound is relaunching as simply Consequence. And they're kicking off this new era with a fresh rebrand and a newly designed website. The rebrand more accurately represents Consequence expanded coverage scope, which now includes music, film, and TV, as well as Heavy Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. With a focus on optimal usability across desktop and mobile devices, the new website offers readers a sleek, fast-loading experience that's easy to navigate. Further, a new premium members section will offer features such as a customizable homepage, desktop and mobile notifications for your favorite artists, an ad-free experience, access to exclusive giveaways, and other unique content. So what are you waiting for? Head to Consequence.net for your pop culture needs in both the mainstream and the underground. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for uh, making your way here, checking out the series. Please do hit the subscribe button. I do three new interviews every single week, brand new ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast. Uh, YouTube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcasts from. 
I'm Kyle Meredith, going to be talking today with Eve Six. Max Collins on the line to talk about the band's uh, new album, a new EP called Grim Value, which is their first new release, uh, not counting a live album, in nine years. Uh, Max and I are going to go back to the band's early success, being a rock band on the pop charts for those uh, first two albums. Uh, and I also want to discuss his talent for wordplay, which was all, always evident on those early hits. And we'll get into uh, He's got this alter ego side project called Chevy Mustang that is completely weird, completely berserk, and completely awesome. So I want to hear all about that. In fact, uh, some of the Chevy Mustang uh, songs uh, has him uh, collaborating, duetting, if you will, with Evan Rachel Wood and Kevin Federline. We're also going to hear about his uh, recent Twitter infamy as uh, Eve Six, a very relevant band. If you uh, follow him on Twitter, you'll know what I'm talking about, being the heart in a blender guy, as he says. And sparring with, um, and then collaborating, sparring and then collaborating with bass drum of death on a new song. So let's do this. It's Kyle Meredith with Eve Six. Hello, yes. Hyper relevant. Hyper relevant. I, uh, I had to pull this out just because this is uh, my autographed copy. That would have. Uh, oh, nice. When, when did we? When did we scribble that? This would have been when it came out. Uh, you know what was that? Two thousand two, one, something like that. So yeah, sure, I don't know if I don't know if we actually met and you did this or I just received this at the radio station back then. So right, right, right. <laughs> no good right. story that goes along with it. But yeah, you are back. The band is back anyway with a uh, a brand new EP called uh, Grim Value, which is. I mean, you guys are doing some cool things on here. It's it's a far different sound, I'm going to say, from what was represented back uh, on these days. And I think I, re I read somewhere you had actually said this is the EP that you would have made had you never been signed and gone through the label machine. Is that is that still how you yeah, look at it? Yeah, I don't know if that's totally accurate. I, I don't know. I think I think when you, when we did make those first few records, we were so woefully green inexperienced hadn't recorded in the studio before so we were kind of at the whims of um the producer a little bit who i think you know it probably wouldn't have been a record that did well without him but those people were always shocked when we told them our influences um and they always seemed really unlikely to people because john and i in high school were like i mean we were just record dorks you know we were like ordering from k and like getting the olympia compilations and like our favorite band was the mises and then we made this you know radio radio rock record i mean we were also listening of course to the radio at the time in high school just not telling our friends we were you know it was an interesting time too because this was basically more or less the last point in in modern history where rock and alternative to that degree was finding its way onto the top 40 charts. You know, that was still kind of common and, and, and you all were there. And, and I, you know, I don't want to head back to the past too much, but just considering that moment in time, like to be the type of band that you were not on the top of the rock charts, but on the top of the top 40 charts and, and knowing what the culture of pop radio is, uh, what was that like for you? Did, was that some weird situations? Yeah, yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, I mean, when our first record came out, there really weren't a lot of guitars on the radio. That was very much during the, like, Lilith Fair um, kind of uh, whatever wave of techno was happening. Uh, there wasn't a lot of guitar 
music. So um, we were sort of uh, outliers there. And then when our second record came out, that was in the time of the, uh, you know, new metal testosterone rock thing. And we'd made this kind of Duran Duran-esque pop record, basically. Still had guitars, but um, definitely wasn't suited for like, you know, the alternative radio format at the time. The song that ended up being the single for that uh, after the first two stiffed at rock radio, pretty much in comparison to previous, the previous record, was a song that only went to pop radio. And, and so, uh, you know, we went from doing festivals with Kid Rock and Papa Roach to doing festivals with like the Baja Men and whatever C-level kind of Britney Spears acts were out at the time. So we, 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 we've always felt misunderstood. Well, uh, I'll tell you, and I'll bring it back around to, to this, this EP right here with Grim Value, because one of the things that stood out on the first single that we hear with it, with Black Nova, um, one of the things that, that attracted me to your music from the beginning was your wordplay. Uh, you know, the, the wordplay that we heard all the way back uh, is still seems very present on this song right here. Where does that come from for you? Because it's literate. There's also this repetition thing that you're really good at. Where, where does all that come from? Thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I kind of write the way I've been writing recently with John, our guitar player, um, for this new stuff is I'll go in. He has a few kind of rough tracks that he's done. Um, I kind of listen to a few of those, pick whichever one feels the most exciting and just kind of start making noises with my mouth uh, and getting kind of like a, a melodic phrase thing that feels compelling. And then I start plugging words in and I often don't know what I'm talking about until I'm a couple lines in. So yeah, I think I just, I, I, I like the play of phonetics. I think the way that words in songs sound is often as important or more important than than the content of them um and so i play with that stuff and see where it takes me but um but at the same time it's not it's it's like if what i'm saying doesn't end up being important to me even even whether or not it's clear to the listener then it just doesn't stand up it ends up getting uh getting tossed aside but it happens in this sort of fugue place where i'm not always uh, uh, totally sure of what's going on until it's done well i know you've talked about you know really at least being attracted to the balance of of humor and sadness which i find is a really good sweet spot for for any artist i mean what takes you there i guess yeah i mean my favorite my favorite bands my favorite songs tend to have that going on and the two are inextricably linked you can see like, like you can't have one without the other kind of but um yeah i mean i love the smiths for that i love fountains of wayne for that yeah I love, so 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 many artists that do it uh do it well um bell and sebastian but like i think another juxtaposition that's you know fun to toy with with that is like having the melody not necessarily, or the feel of the song not necessarily reflect the content of, uh, of what's being said. And because the goal for me is like, I, I like it when songs kind of 
force you into into sort of this waking dream thing where it's like you know you can't necessarily name it but it but that's what makes a thing transcendent whereas a song that's super literal and very much about something and serving serving it up to you on a on a platter uh is it tends to be boring to me well like a lot of those bands that you mentioned i mean the other side of the the humor and sadness is taking aim at something but not taking it too serious at the same time i guess i also find that you know within your music and within this ep it seems like you're doing that i mean you are calling out some things but there is that nah just kidding but am i with a wink to it the whole time at least that's what i'm getting from it yeah yeah i mean the worst thing is to just like uh be too self-serious uh in rock and roll and uh, i mean that's just i don't know that's that's not what it's what it's there for for me it's supposed to like uh give you kind of a feeling of freedom and toy with you a little bit you know you get to do a lot of that you know ring a couple more tracks on this record uh with bite and combine um you know these they definitely get away from the sound that I think people, you know, if, if they haven't followed you, <laughs> but to, they also sound a lot closer to what you're doing as Chevy Mustang. Like these feel like they're going in that direction, which if we, you know, can get into that a little bit too, who and what is Chevy Mustang? Yeah. Chevy Mustang. That's funny. You picked up on that. Cause I, I, I sent, can we combine to the guys I do Chevy Mustang with um, after we recorded and, recorded it and i was like look he's getting into eve six songs um chevy mustang is a project that was born of being really i think bored on a tour that another band that i sometimes do called fitness did with a band called congos that was uh just very poorly sold it was like this b market uh tour to use uh industry parlance and uh and no one came so we were playing playing to like very empty rooms but it was like it ended up being one of the funnest tours i've ever done because we were it was just fertile ground for just like jokes i mean there was just like a spirit of levity about the whole thing that was it was good and um i i'd had this bit kicking around for a long time just like a uh kind of well-meaning narcissistic kind of european guy uh who's who has a house track called because i want to and he's just listing all the things that he wants to do why because he wants to and so i i, I shared that with uh the congos guys and danny the guitar player those guys all genuinely love dance music and listen to all kinds of weird stuff from all over the world he started making this track and we uh, <laughs> recorded the vocal on the bus. Sorry about the ambient noise here. At like three o'clock in the morning uh, with a, I had a wad of dip in my lip and, and we recorded because I want to. And, uh, and we just had a lot of fun with that and then kind of forgot about it. And then when quarantine hit and we were all you know dealing with canceled tours and having nothing to do and going insane we kind of got back into it and uh started started doing a bit more and it started to just get these sort of strange like uh jimmy fallon picked up because i want to and ended up doing a a, a bit on it where i'm not i'm not convinced he knew it was a joke or not 
<laughs> um, and we've gotten some, had some really strange uh, collaborators on Chevy Mustang songs like um, Evan Rachel Wood and Kevin Federline. And it, it, I mean, it's a goofball thing, but uh, we have fun, fun doing it. And I think it definitely did pull me very much out of myself. It's like when you're not, when you're not, when you're not yourself, you know, you're, you're not encumbered by your, your own ego and your own stuff as much. So it's like, uh, we ended up just, or I ended up finding like <laughs> some different, different ways to sort of spit. And, uh, and I think definitely on can we combine, uh, some, some of that Chevy Mustang influence showed up yeah it starts to get in there i mean that whole thing about writing in a persona to get out of your songwriting box i mean that's i don't know why more artists don't use that trick at, at some point in their career because it does seem very very helpful you know it's yeah it just kind of allows you i i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but it seems like it will allow you to just do whatever that you would never do before yeah yeah it, it smashes away all of the own your own um impediments to creativity that you you you've built up because yeah you're not dealing with your own ego as much so yeah there's sort of stuff that i i uh, definitely subjects and ways of of singing and articulating that um i discovered by doing this total totally ridiculous joke project that everyone hates called chevy mustang i, I will say this seems like the musical persona of what you know, you've got some uh, uh, recent infamy with the twi Twitter accounts. This seems like the musical persona of what's going on on Twitter. Like there seems like, like, you know, um, taking the gloves off. I don't know if that's the right phrase and everything, but to a certain degree, like you might be one of the most honest musicians out there. You know, it's just like, this is what you're going to get. And that comes across in that music as well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I definitely think Chevy Mustang prepared me for for this moment i was just you know it was just happening in a in a void and then um but but yeah i i think so and also the fact that yeah i don't know i've never i've never i think taken myself too seriously and i've always found it kind of funny when bands do i mean literally funny like the you know there's like really you know it's fertile comedic ground uh folks to take themselves to take themselves seriously so when i i'm doing that to other people on the twitter but i'm also very much centering myself in the critiques and yeah that's sort of the litmus like is it is it true is it does it seem like it has some kind of entertainment value push it out the self-referential side of all of this like for Eve Six to be a band that's associated with an era you know and, and most bands are you know most bands even if you're you too you're still associated with an era you know that so it's but it is interesting like eve six has a handful of great hits yet for some people it's all pared down to the joke that's been happening the heart in a blender band you yeah. know and again you know the truth and i know the truth but what kind of um relationship with your past do you have to have at this point to go i get it yeah i think you just uh have to see it for what it is you know the the heart in a blender uh, thing started with with me, and so the first like, uh, well, it's all it's always what my mom called that song, and and I always thought it was funny, and so when I started doing the tweets 
from from the Eve Six account, I'd refer to the song as as the Heart in the Blender song. And yeah, it puts it it puts it in what I think is its kind of rightful place. Like you know, I think most hits, most hit songs, almost all of them probably are novelty songs. And I think that that doesn't mean they're bad, but um, it's it's an absurd song in a lot of ways. And it's also and I'm also that's also not saying it's bad, but it's very much like it's such I, I wrote that song when I was 17 years old. It's guileless to a fault, which is probably why it did well. And I think I just have it compartmentalized there. It's like I don't identify with it at all, you know, so I can I can have fun with it in, I think, the same way that the audience can or the Twitter audience can. And that gives me an avenue also conveniently to being able to take aim in the spirit of, of, of fun and humor um, elsewhere. It's interesting, I find it interesting that you called it a novelty song like that. Do you think it was a novelty song and that's why it became a hit or did it becoming a hit make it a novelty song? Well, I don't think it was a novelty song I think it becoming a hit made it a novelty song in the sense that when like my intention writing it, you know, wasn't like ambitious, you know, I mean, I was just a kid, like in a band writing songs in my, in my bedroom. But, you know, the fact that you can, you know what I'm talking about when I don't say the title of the song, but I say heart in a blender. I mean, it just, it has that, has that component of like being immediately identifiable. Yeah, probably because it got played ad nauseum, but also probably because it, it has uh, elements in it that make that possible. And maybe you could say that you could find that in any great song that's not a novelty song. I kind of don't think so. Like, um, I, but, but yeah, to answer your question, I think, I think it became so, uh, as a result of the level of, of overexposure and also the fact that it, that it just is wearing its heart on its face, you know? Right. Well, um, yeah, I do want to get back to the EP, the new EP with Grim Value here for a second too, because the one song that I feel like has any connection to that style of the past is Angel of the Supermarket. Like that's the one that I kind of get that, you know, early Eve six vibe on. And I don't know if that yeah. was, if you were aware of that, if that was obvious. Yeah, I can see that. That song definitely fits into like, uh, yeah, it's very much like a pop punk song structurally and, and, and melodically it's got some some nods to like Screeching Weasel, which was definitely one of our favorite bands in high school. And uh, yeah, that one is just like a cute little love song. It's not, you know, with, yeah, that has some humor in it. You know, she steals a shoplifts a potato and stuff. But yeah, I can, I can totally, totally see that. It's uh, got those like, got that big major chorus and, yeah. But on the, the far other side, and, and this goes back to the experimental stuff that I, that you're doing that I'm really a big fan of. You did a recent collaboration with a, a bass, a bass drum of death. Uh, yeah. 
wrong title right now, but uh, but that side of things, like I like seeing you going on that because whatever's happening there, that's a, that's a completely, I think, original sound. Yeah, well, that was a lot of fun. So that, that song came together um, in 72 hours and it began with bass drum of death, basically uh, talking shit to me on Twitter and uh, and kind of, uh, you know, yeah, trying to start shit. Started out as a little bit of a feud. I I um, I was like, who is this guy? And I I looked I looked up the the band and the songs, and I was like, oh shit, my haters really good. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> and um, so you know, I kind of clapped back. He did the same. That went on for a couple hours. I went to bed the next morning. I woke up, saw a few more tweets from him, and uh, and I quote tweeted one of them and and just said, I'm sorry, I fucked your girlfriend, which harkened back to the beginning of the Eve 6 Twitter when um, I recalled a, you know, a, a story with the guy from Third Eye Blind saying that to me. And after I pushed that out, I got a direct message from Bass Drum saying, uh, dude, I was, I was caught in a snowstorm. I was wasted. I, I made a fool out of myself. Uh, you know mea culpa you know and i was like oh man if anyone has sympathy for for the idiot drunk it's me and um and your band's good and that very quickly led to you know we were like the, the final act of this is a tour together and then he was like well i got this song kicking around that i haven't been able to finish what if we did a, a song together i said send it to me so he sent me the track i thought it was really cool called john our guitar player and said um i'm coming over right now we need to blow minds and get this thing out by by friday and so i i drove over there wrote the the melody to the verse in the car got there plugged words in real quick recorded it mixed it and put it out that friday and yeah it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. It's cool direction. Like I said, uh, the stuff that you're doing right now, this Chevy, and, and I should bring it up. Uh, fitness, uh, you said that in there as well. I know you've been doing the last few years, and that's a lot going on. I mean, do you know? Do you what happens next? I mean, we've got an EP right here. Is does that lead to a full album? Is there more of the other projects on the way too? Yeah, we we have a full length recorded. So we we started doing the EP at the end of. 2019 did it pretty quickly and then just continued writing just i would go over to john's once a week and we'd usually get a song um so we have a full-length record recorded no uh release date or anything for that just yet but uh yeah we, we do have a full length done and uh yeah with the chevy stuff it's just like every once in a while we'll do a song we'll put it out we we, we have a few we we have a few uh, that are done and ready to come out. They're they're pretty pretty silly, and um, yeah, the fitness thing is kind of on the back burner for now. But I love Kenny; he's one of my good friends, and I'm sure we'll do something together again at some point. It's basically right now. It's I'm just I'm focused on on Eve Six. Really excited about uh, Can We Combine, which is the next single, and putting out Grim Value in June and someday getting back out and playing shows again i'd like to see that I'd like to yeah, see you back on the road yeah no yeah, man 
Dude, Max, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Congratulations on this. Again, I know I've complimented you and I'll try not to over compliment you, but I love what you're doing on Grim Value. I think it's thank really you. great. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that. No problem, Thanks man. so much for your time, man. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time to talk about it. Uh, we'll see you around, hopefully soon. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it, dude. All right, take care. Bye. All right, see ya. Big thanks to Max Collins. Eve 6, the new release called Grim Value. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Please do hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, again, three new interviews every single week, and you can find us at Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Podcast, Acast, Podchaser, YouTube, or anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from. After that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. Uh, that's uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith, and TikTok, Kyle Meredith 81 uh, Please do like and follow along and say hi when you do. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.